Well, welcome back, Flip. Last time I saw you, uh, Tampa, sunny Tampa, is where we were for Yankee spring training. When did you get back? Uh, actually, I got back yesterday. I was going back and forth. Uh, I was a business on the other side of the state and, uh, in the Palm Beach area, so I went to the other side of the state. And so I was always kind of back and forth. And uh, But it's a fun time of year, spring training. Players get ready for the season usually, and uh, there's not a lot to be worked on, but there's a, there's a time for them to enjoy themselves a little bit, put in their work, do get ready for the season. And, uh, and uh, you know, under a very loose uh, and, and uh, player-friendly atmosphere. Yeah, it's my favorite time of the year. I look forward to going down there every year. Um, there are some years you send me for four weeks, some years you send me for four days. Uh, this time I was there for about five days, had a blast. Is it, so is that a comment about that you had less of a time there because it's you, the weeks as opposed to days? No, I'm good because now we have the A.J. Hermans and the Matt Stuckos, the Dan Bassones. They take care of the work for me. Do they? I just shake hands and kiss babies. Because when this is over, I need to know how much you make because I might take put that job up now, your job. <laughs> See where it takes us. It's like I get you very far. Yeah, there, so, there you go. There you go. We have a big show. We have Brian Cashman today. Sure. So I don't want to go too far into it, but I really want just like your overview. I love Cash. Cash is great. Uh, he's honest. He knows the game like very few do. He's the longest tenured GM uh, under, his, under his, like, 97, 98, 99, Subway Series was 2000 and 2009. You know, those were championship years and got to other World Series. Uh, we played the Marlins in, in 03, and we played Arizona in 01. And so, but, I mean, you look look at that run and, and look what he, how the Yankees have always contended. And it's it's easy to say, oh, you know, well, they, they, they go out and they sign players. It's not – there's this Yankee scouting, the system that he's built for the sabermetrics and for and player evaluation and just how, how everything that the Yankees do now is so well thought out and so well crafted. That's a testament to Cash, to, to Brian Cashman, who is obviously is the GM. He's in charge of all this, so not just player acquisition. You know, it's, it's the day-to-day of the Yankees in that respect, not the business side but the player side and it's an amazing job and it's a very difficult job very demanding job and and cash is aced it i mean i don't know anybody in the media who doesn't respect no cash and respect him for his his knowledge for his hard work and for the person that he is and how honest he is, especially with the media he's very honest and, and a, lot, a lot of people aren't but but he's always been that way and it's one of the things that makes him stand out and i guess that's why he's been in the job as many years as he's been in it well, I don't want to wait any longer, Flip. Let's get to Brian Cashman. But before we do that, actually, we are going to have to wait a little longer. I lied. I like when people rate, review, subscribe. I love it. You see, you, you like it. it. I love when they do that. <laughs> it's so important. And by the way, thank you so much. Our following has grown you know, exponentially. And, 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 and it's amazing because without you, we don't. Obviously, we can't do this without our, our, our listeners. And uh, you've been very supportive. And thank you for the kind things you've said about us. I mean, we are... Kevin and I are a work in progress in, in many ways. Our lives are a work in progress. <laughs> oh, yeah. a lot of, everything about us is a work in progress. But you know what? But what isn't is your loyalty, and we uh, it's greatly appreciated. So thank you. Rate, review, and subscribe. And if you like our guest list, please go back. We have Aaron Boone. We have Alex Rodriguez, John Sterling, David Cohn, Ken Singleton, John Flaherty. We have them all. Michael K. please rate, review, subscribe. And on the other side, we will have Brian Cashman. You know FOMO, fear of missing out. Missing out on the debut of the Yankees' new ace. Garrett Cole is officially rocking into pinstripes. On tape measure home runs. A monster home run for Sanchez. And on the Bombers' chase for 28. He's coming home. He's safe. It's a season you can't miss. A walk-off home run. They've done it again. Let nothing come between you and your Yankees on yes. John Filippelli, Kevin Sullivan, welcome back to Curtain Call. 
Uh, our very special guest at this time is general manager of New York Yankees, the longest tenured general manager in baseball, I might add, Brian Cashman. Hello, Cash. How are you today? Flip, it's good to be here. Uh, nice to have you, Cash. Thanks for giving us a little time. Uh, it's already been an interesting spring training. Uh, you know, we had to battle a lot of things last year, and well documented about the injuries that we, we dealt with, and we, we persevered. We not only dealt with them, we persevered. But you come back to camp, and it's it's tough to, you know, when you're getting ready for the season, everybody's excited, and it's tough to be, deal with some of the things we've had to deal with thus far. Yeah, no question about it. I mean, it's certainly something that uh, it's a part of uh, usually every spring training uh, in one form or another, but we've had way more than our shares of things to deal with and some of some of which in Paxton's case and Seve's case are somewhat hangovers of you know orthopedic follow-ups since the winter time that have finally declared themselves uh, of all the of all the injuries though cash the ones that sometimes are the most crippling to a team can be the starting pitching and uh, we, we we after the signing of Cole you looked at our rotation you say wow this is as good a rotation as there is in baseball and now you're going to have to deal with finding the proper replacements for for Paxton for Sevy maybe some of those answers are in camp maybe they're not but it puts your staff puts a, a lot of tax on your staff no it really does i mean but it creates a lot of opportunity too so if you turn the clock back to last year um you know, we obviously lose Seve. Um, it wasn't expected to be a long-term issue, but but it turned out to be a, a for the most part a washout for for ninety percent of the season. Uh, and you know, Domingo Herman got a great opportunity, which he took advantage of, and he I think what it was an eighteen-game winner, and and you know, pitched towards the front of the rotation was you know basically a borderline one of the top twenty starting pitchers in the American League last year. So so you know the that you know certainly would hope to have. You know, um, something like that develop again. It's probably hard to count on anything like that. But uh, but we have a lot of interesting arms, a lot of talented young kids that you know are going to be leaned on further and, and more so than in the front end of this thing. And you know, because of these vacancies, you know, in Paxton's case, we're supposed to get him back, and in Sevy's case, we won't. But uh, you know, with injuries, become opportunities at the same time, and some people can you know step in and all of a sudden a lot ease the the burden. You have a terrific staff. You have Jim Hendry. You have uh, Tim Nearing. Your sabermetrics group your, is as deep as there probably is in the game. I mean, you you, you rely on them because Cash, you just can't do. It's, the definition of a GM is you have to sort of do everything and do it well. But because the demands of the game are the demands of the game, you find yourself having to lean on the people who are around you, and you have a great staff around you. We really do. I mean, uh, you know, my job is to hire people smarter than me, and and thankfully with the Steinbrenner family. Uh, and their backing, they've allowed me to really provide a great deal of leadership and expertise uh, in in all areas to, that's really served us well. It's allowed us to, you know, pursue whether it's free agents on the major league side or the minor league side, uh, or waiver claims or trade acquisitions or you know, making the right developmental choices along the way. You know, um, you know, all of those factors you know, play a huge role. And so, you know, I can throw a number of names your way and it wouldn't even come close to uh, accounting for every people that have a chance to, you know, impact our decision-making in a real positive way and have had an impact in a positive way. So I think we have one of the, you know, the better foundations of uh, of uh, personnel, you know, behind the scenes, non-player related, uh, you know, in any, I'd match ours up in anybody in the game. Not only that, Cash, you have a great scouting 
department as well. I mean, the signing of D.J. LeMayu a year ago. Uh, yes, he was a, a batting title a winner in Colorado, a terrific player. But, uh, I mean, for as much as those of us who follow the game closely, and I mean, obviously you do with a magnifying glass, I mean, was this a surprise even the year that he had, as good a year as he had? Because it was as good a year as I've ever seen anybody have. Um, you know, I guess... I guess the answer would be yes because of the contract we got him on, you know, um, which is off the top mid something like two years at twelve million a year or something like that. Uh, to, you know, uh, but you know, I had some guys on the analytics side and the, and, the, and the front office side constantly pounding my table of, hey, this is a this is someone that we should bring in. This is someone we really should pursue. He and then the pro scouting side felt that he could play multiple positions because of you know their innate knowledge of their intimate knowledge of him, uh, you know, Jim Hendry, for instance, knowing him very well from his LSU days, and, and then our pro scouts cross-checking his athleticism and what he, they thought he was capable of doing. So it was a real, you know, marriage of uh, of different perspectives that, you know, uh, and then the culture we create, which is basically, yeah, my door's open, come in and push ideas. My first response to that was, eh, you know, I'm not sure if that makes much sense. We, we got this covered in a lot of different ways, right? And um, But, you know, Listening through it, peeling the onion on on his profile, and realizing that there was a lot of uh, value there, then yeah, we we obviously pivoted off of the bigger game of uh you know that was available out there in Manny Machado, for instance, and then diversified, and we wound up with Adavino, we wound up wound up with Britain, and we wound up with uh, DJ Lemayhu, for instance, and and a Troy Tulowitzki on a on a cheap contract, and and uh, and that was our play, and it really you know benefited us, I think, going that route. And uh, that, that, again, was involving a lot of different people along the way. Cash, in the, uh, the offseason, the Yankees made the biggest splash with uh, Garrett Cole. Uh, it was sort of the free agent that we all like, we all have a wish list. If we if you're a fan of the team and you have a wish list, and he would have been at the very top. Take me through it briefly, if you can, because I know it's sort of complicated. But what was it about Cole besides his ability to, to obviously to pitch, which was really not in question, is considered one of the best arms in the game, if not the best right now. What was it about him, Cash, that was so appealing to the Yankees besides the obvious talent? Because sometimes it comes down to other other intangible qualities. When you make a you know a bet like that at that financial level, you know so turning the clock back to to our pursuit of CC Sabathia, for instance, um, you know you're going to be spending a lot of money on someone that you know uh, you want to make sure, obviously, clearly that they the performance levels are are worthy. But then the makeup side of it, the leadership side of it, the you know um, understanding all aspects of the game, meaning the you know the ticket department has to sell tickets and the connection with the fans, the social media platform um, uh, that the Yankees have, you know, uh, you know, Yankees on demand, and and the you know the pregame ceremonies and the and and how the front office is uh, working in in cohesion with our field staff and and our players and and so like for instance as an example, David Cohn was an example of this uh, as he was a go-to guy back in the day. CC when I brought him in, these are people that understood all aspects of the game for fully functioning, you know, opportunities for us all, which is not just winning on the field, but but maximizing in the box office and presenting your um, you know your brand, which is the New York Yankees, and, and representing that brand as the Steinbrenner family would want, and and so doing your deep dive on a CC Sabathia or doing your deep dive on recently on Garrett Cole, those boxes have to all get checked for you to give that kind of contract out, and. Uh, He's a very intelligent, very personable, very relatable, um, and a sharing of time, not just 
you know, the the seven plus the nine plus innings you might get every start from the guy with great performance. It's also how he interacts with the media, how he communicates for our fan base, how he's going to connect with our fan base, and how he's going to allow every other department that'll you know to maximize their abilities to do their job too, because he's going to be there before and after you know the performance levels. Brian, that's one of the things I saw when I was down there in Tampa. Both Flip and I just returned. Uh, just how personable Garrett Cole is, as you mentioned, uh, how relatable. How is he fitting in in the clubhouse? What I'm seeing is he's very talkative. Uh, he's fitting in just fine. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, uh, spring training is such a loose atmosphere, so you know, it's definitely a petri dish of of um, you know connectivity for for you know people, especially that's new here. You know, it's, that's where your your team really does have a chance to come together because they're building relationships. And and he is, without a doubt, a chatterbox of, of knowledge, and he's sharing it, and he's trying to impact, you know, uh, his fellow pitchers, for instance, as well as the catchers, and then trying to get everybody on the same page and, and, uh, and create that synchronized swimming cohesion with the pitching department, with which is Mike Harkey and Matt Blake. And, um, it's going really well. I mean, uh, from appearances, I don't live in that clubhouse, but when I'm in that food room, when I'm walking through the clubhouse, when I see off the Yes Network, for instance, the interaction on the bench, you know, uh, it's it's real, it's verifiable, um, and it looks like, you know, he, someone that's been here and already had these relationships built over the course of time. So, You mentioned Matt Blake. Uh, both Flip and I, we've, we've seen our fair share of bullpens, sim games, um, but they were unlike anything else, I think, this year. I've never seen so much technology as far as cameras and computers and iPads uh, surrounding the pitchers. What's going on there? I mean, just entering the new world order. I mean, we've had, uh, you know, a very sophisticated front office with our analytics department. You know, we have had the anal- uh, the technology available with the with the Ripsoto machines and uh, the and the Edutronic cameras, but in terms of the full connectivity from you know uh, from top to bottom hasn't been there as much as we wanted it to be, and and you know we're launching that effort now, obviously with Matt Blake's addition, um, you know, and so. Uh, it's nothing really new to us as much as I think it's a little bit more cleaner in its presentation and and it's a recognition of these players are going off campus, you know, in the wintertime, for instance, whether it's in driveline or, 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 um, you know, many other type of, uh, you know, private sector um, arenas where they're getting this type of feedback from their college programs, for instance, you know, uh, or to, to, these private sector situations. And so it, it's just an acknowledgement of this technology is there. It's being utilized. Our players want it, and there's a huge benefit to it. So in Matt Blake's case, I think I'd just liken it to it might not be for everybody, but he's going to make sure that they're aware of what its potential is. Um, the data is going to be there. The the feedback's going to be there. And if anybody wants it, they, you know, they're going to, this is going to be a fully functioning uh, circumstance where if it, like you're going out to to dinner, you know you're going to have everything on the menu available to you if you want it. It's not going to be shoved down your throat. Uh, it will be utilized by our staff and our coaching side to benefit the player, and and the player can immerse themselves as much as they want in that and participate in that process as much as they want, uh, and will react to those guys accordingly. 
you know, Cash, you're, you're mentioning this t- te- technology. And the game of baseball, as, as we know, is played on the margins. You work really, really hard. Like, your staff works really hard. You work really hard. I've known you forever, and I know how hard a job you have and, and you know, and how many hours it takes and, and what it could do to your life and how difficult it could be. But yet I know you, you put your heart and soul in, and so does everybody else around you. That's why what happened with the Astros is so upsetting because you work so hard to gain an advantage. But, you know, it's a fair advantage because you put the work in. You know, using technology to steal signs is not, it's not the same situation. That's not gamesmanship. That's not preparation. That's cheating. What's your, what's your take on this? On, on Houston? Uh, basically on Houston, yeah, Houston, yeah. Yes. I mean, what, listen, there, there's been a strong belief uh, about what was going on in Houston uh, having these suspicions and being able to prove it are two different things. We've made our many complaints over the course of time to Major League Baseball, and we weren't the only team. I think everybody in the game had strong suspicions. They were denying for how many years, I don't know now. Uh, and now until Mike Fires came out and, and said what he said, you know, the reveal, the, uh, the big reveal about validating that these suspicions were accurate, that they were cheating, that, uh, you know, uh, it's frustrating. I mean, obviously... At the end of the day, I mean, you, you know, you you, know, you got to go about things the right way. You got to play by the rules, and if you don't, you know, there, you know, there's there's consequences. And in some cases, obviously, in their general manager and their manager, they've lost their jobs, and and uh, it's a continued warning to everybody in the game. But uh, it's frustrating because no matter who you are, or where you are, we, you know, you have the opportunity to maybe win a championship. The windows don't exist always. They're they're you know, pieces of time. And so our window is currently open and was open. There's no guarantee we're going to be able to push through, you know, uh, while our window's open, but we feel a little bit denied on, on, on the past at the same time, because, you know, who knows what could have happened if we, you know, we're playing with a level playing field and who knows what would have happened if we were able to move forward and, and compete against another club in, in a, in a world championship situation that probably wasn't going to be the case. Uh, but that, you know, that we've been denied that opportunity, and, um, and now we know why, and we have to basically just move forward despite it, and uh, and you know for the good of the game, you know it's like that's what's happened in the past. The commissioner is going to do what he's doing to them, and and we've just got to go about our business to keep trying to push through for our fan base and, and bring another championship back to the Yanks. The Yankees don't need motivation. You don't need motivation, but yet this has to serve as some kind of motivator on some level as well. I mean, I don't think there's any more motivation that we could ever have. We, we're pretty hungry uh, at all times. We know what, why we're here and what we're here for and, you know, everything we're trying to do. And I think the biggest example of that is a Garrett Cole signing or, you know, any of our decisions prior. So, but you're right. I mean, I, I don't need any more motivation. Um, you know, uh, we've not cut any corners on our interest level and our motivation levels of trying to continue to be the best team in the game and 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 create an atmosphere and a and a, and a team that that our fans and ourselves would be very proud of. And we are proud of this group, the group that we've had for a while now. We're very proud of them. But uh, um, but ultimately, have been able to push through. And in some cases, you know, there are some preventative measures that, that uh, the Astros deployed to, to to prevent us from pushing through, so to speak. But uh, but we're, we're going to keep knocking on that door and trying to push through and find a way. You know, Cash, um, you must have, because I have, I have hundreds of George Steinbrenner stories. So you must have, whatever I have, you have it times 10. I need one story from you, one 
good George, uh, George Steinbrenner story that you think you know our audience has not heard before and uh, is particularly interesting to you? There's a lot I know, but give me one. Hmm. Um... I, you know, there's so many. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he basically, uh, you know, ultimately, I remember there was a situation. I mean, uh, he uh, just wanted everything to be, you know, uh, in our favor, no matter what. So I remember, for instance, we were playing the Orioles when they were, you know, um, you know, our big competition back in the 90s at some point. And there was a bench-clearing brawl in Camden Yards. And it was when the old American League and the National League had two different league offices. So it was an American League president. And, you know, uh, I think it was Mike Stanton got suspended, amongst others, and we had to decide, well, do we appeal those suspensions or start serving them immediately? Because clearly they were going to go down no matter what, because they were heavily involved in the fight with this bench-clearing brawl. So we had a next game right there that night uh, against Baltimore, our heated rivals. So those games count more than if you were serving suspensions against whoever the low-hanging fruit was at the time. So in coordination with the boss, you know, um, we agreed that it's important to keep our best team against the Orioles for that series on the field, so we appealed. Um, and so that game, I think, started to unfold that night around 7 o'clock, and we pounded them right out of the gate. I think we were winning like 10 nothing, say, after three innings. So the boss calls me up, and he says, so this counts as game one, right? And I was like, what do you mean game one? And he said, of the suspension, you called the league office and said we're serving, right? <laughs> no, I had called and told him we're appealing. All our players are active. And even though we're crushing them now, <laughs> and he and I got into it really strongly at the point. He wanted me to call the league office and tell me that tell them that Stanton's going to start appealing now in-game because the score was the way it was. And, and he just wanted it his way and all the time, at every time. And, and that was a very uncomfortable dispute. <laughs> that we had, um, but uh, and ultimately, obviously, you know, uh, it played out, you know, by the rules. But but he was trying to obviously get me to to to, to get a little uh, extra benefit somehow, some way, which was impossible. But he was very very uh, forceful on that effort. Uh, but nothing I could do about it. But it wasn't an enjoyable conversation for me to be a part of. <laughs> you know, he but he did challenge us. He challenged you. He challenged me. He cha- challenged everybody in the organization every day to be better. And that's why I have I had so much respect for him. Though he drove us crazy. But the reality is that you know what? The, there'll never be another George Steinbrenner. And at his best, he was a terrific motivator. Actually, he was uh, again. Every day was a new day. Every day was a new challenge. Every day, you know, uh, you know, he was pursuing something different. Um, you know. It, you know, he obviously was, you know, the greatest sports owner of all time, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, and nobody collectively that's ever worked here all at the same time could keep up with his energy level, who's off the charts. Brian, one of the things we like to talk about here uh, on the podcast is the history of Yes. Um, so where was it George who first told you about Yes? And did you think he was crazy? Do you remember where you were? I don't remember specifically. I just know that uh, the negotiations that were playing out with uh, Cablevision at the time and on the MSG network you know, wasn't going that way. And so at some point, somebody had the idea of uh, creating their own regional sports network and calling it yes. And, and I think early on it was just a threat that became a reality. Um, but, I, you know, I don't remember specifically, you know, uh, when's the first time I heard about it, but I do remember my initial thoughts when I heard about it, it was more of a leverage point in the negotiation, and then it was something that was forced into reality, uh, you know, in the stare-down contest between, uh, you know, um, you know, 
the Dolan family and the Steinbrenner family. Cash, that's such a great analytical answer. It really is. But give me, give me one about. I mean, did, did you enjoy the relationship? Is it fun? Is it good for the ball club? Come on, Cash, throw me a bone here. Something here. Oh well, yes, yes, yes. it's great. There you go. It's Come fantastic. On. There's our bite. So. There Sorry, you. no. <laughs> That's on my answering machine tonight. There you go. I'm, I'm so old to have an answering machine. How can it not be great? It's the greatest regional sports franchise in history. Well, uh, that's that's a little far, but I appreciate we appreciate that. All right, Cash, we've taken a lot of your time. Thank you. We appreciate everything, and uh, good luck with the season. And uh, you know, again, anytime. Appreciate it. Thanks. Bye, Thanks Cash. For me. Bye, bye, Cash. Take care. Well, Flip, that was a great interview. He was very uh, open about some things, right? I oh, think he, yeah, he's, Cash is always open. He's open about everything. That's that's what makes Brian Cashman special. That's why Cash is Cash because he he tells it, he calls it as he sees it. He doesn't shrink. A lot of people do, but he doesn't. And uh, you know, it was it was a candid interview. It was also fun. It's a couple of George stories in there. It always makes things interesting. <laughs> he's a fan of Yes, We Learned. George certainly was. Oh, oh you mean you mean Cash? Of course. Well, no, you couldn't yeah. say he wasn't. Well, yeah, you know, we had you know we had to drag it out of him. I had to drag it out of him. I mean, come on, Cash, say something nice about us. But uh, but uh, no, I mean we we have a we have a nice relationship with the Yankees. Obviously, we're part of the Yankee family. So and we do have a lot of dealings with Brian because we have to deal with the players on, on many levels. So you can't do that without a relationship with the GM. And he gets the media. He understands what our job is, and uh, he's been nothing but supportive from day one. I have I've got to tip my hat to him about that. And when it comes to uh, pitching, it sounds like he wants to stay in house now that Sevy's down, right? So probably a Montgomery, well, Sessa. You know, they'll look. I mean, you know, they'll look Garcia inside. You know, they'll King, get King. Yep. They've got they've got some nice prospects. They have some some nice players. But the reality is that it, you, it's very hard to get pitching, as we know, especially starting pitching. It's just not there. And the teams that have it are very reluctant because of how it changes the game. They're very reluctant to want to give up a, a good starting pitcher. And if they're going to give up one, they're going to, tr- they're going to charge you a fortune. And they, especially in the Yankees' case, because the Yankees have some prospects, and they will go and try to get those prospects because they they can if you're going to go after someone's ace. And, you know, even bad teams sometimes have an ace. You know, they, everybody will have, not sometimes, all the time, you have to have an ace. But it's just a it's a matter of degree, the capabilities of who's in that one slot for you. I understand the Yankees fans' concern, right? You, you, two of your guys go down in Paxton and Severino. Uh, you, you immediately want to look at what trade is out there. If it's me, I, I like the Cashman course. Stay the course. Think about it. How many times do you use your fifth starter in April? Not very often. Well, none. Paxton comes back in May. Right. Uh, to your point, I'm not trading the farm. In theory, I'm not trading the farm for somebody I might not need. The truth of the matter is that we go in. We when we entered spring training, the Yankees entered spring training. I mean, how could you not make them the favorites? Uh, you know, uh, there's a window there, okay, and the Yankees are, are in that window. But that I mean, they could keep all these players together because at some point in time, you know, you just can't keep everybody. You can't sign everybody. You know, ten million, twenty million, thirty, hundred million, you two hundred million. You can't sign those kind of contracts. Not to everybody, you can't. So the Yankees have to be judicious going forward. I mean, when you talk about like how about Lemayu, how about Torres? Yankees are gonna have to give cash, and the Yankees have to consider that. There's a lot that you know. Now you need another outfielder for sure. You need that's starting pitching is always in demand. So and if the Yankees are going to win the World Series. And, you know, they, they they had a real shot last year. And they had a shot in 17 and a shot in 18. So the Yankees have played, been played really well. They just have not had a championship in this window. But you know, if they win one, they, you can't win three before you win one, okay? They're going to have to win that one. It's been 11 years. It's time. You know, I'm sure Brian Cashman knows that. 
And you know, and by the way, he's doing everything he can to. I mean, you look at some of the deals that he's made and the players that his his people have and he have uh, you know put in big league uh, uniforms in New York when a lot of other teams didn't see the value in them, but the but Brian and his group did. You got to give them a lot of credit for that, and you have to say uh, that they're on top of this. But sometimes you got to have luck. And right now, we haven't had any luck. We just haven't. Well, bad luck. A couple of days ago, we learned that uh, Stanton is down. That's probably why you said we need another outfielder. Yeah, right now. Yeah, or another DH. But we have. You know, yeah. It's a, you yeah. Know, there's a lot going. There was a lot going on there for sure. You know. But again, that starting pitching is everything. You know, especially in October, you really need starting pitching. If you have starting, pitch, I mean, that's the reason the Twins weren't able to do it. They didn't have the starting pitching. Right. They couldn't keep up with the Yankees. And ultimately, at the end of the day, you know, you see the Dodgers in their last couple of good starting pitching. You know, bullpen's important, but starting pitching is everything. Yeah, you run into a uh, staff in a five-game series, right? right if you, well, and they're hot. You, well, you run or seven-game series, and you've got two studs like, uh, say, you know, Shearson and Strasburg, which is what the, the the Nationals had. But you know, you go and the, the Houston was winning. I mean, they're a good ball club. I mean, they may be scandal-ridden, and and hopefully that the, they'll this, there'll be a lot said more that's already been said about them. But you have to look at the top of their rotation when they had Verlander and Cole, and you go like, that's really tough, man. I, you, in a short series especially, how to play and beat those guys, it's really hard to do. So it's important to have starting pitching, good, a great starting pitching, actually, if you're going to win a championship, and especially because you play a lot of short series. Right. October. All right, can I go back to Tampa a little bit? I want to get your just overall yep. feel of the vibe in camp. Um, what were the players like? Uh, what did you see? Anybody surprise you? That type of thing. Uh, well, we, we I went down for media day, you know, which oh, is. Oh, we'll talk about that. Yeah. Yeah, which is you know, it's a great experience. It's fun. The players. That's for those of you who don't know. I mean, it's it's really where the players get a chance to do a lot of promotional spots that are run on their various networks. Uh, you know, like you're, you're watching Yes, uh, only on Yes, that sort of thing. And uh, you know, tonight so and so takes on so and so. Those things are all a lot more recorded because it's easier on the players to do it in spring training regular season. They're on regiments, tight schedules. It's tougher to find players. We do most of our stuff that we do that runs during the season. A lot of it was shot in spring training. That's why media day is so important. But it's fun because you're around the players and it's very loose. There's not, you know, you get a chance to talk to them, sort of waiting at a station, waiting to do some spots. And it's nice and relaxed. They've done their workout. There's no pressure. And you really have a, a strong conversation. And I had a chance to talk to Aaron Judge a little bit. I saw you and Gary Garrett Cole talking yeah, it. I did talk to Cole it. a little bit. Yeah. I was nice. He's funny. I like Cole. I like him a lot. I like Judge, too. You know, uh, you know and I, I, it's just the season starts, like I said, it's just a whole different, sometimes it's a different vibe because, you know, there's a lot, it's just everything at stake. It's a game season. on. Yeah. Game on. Put on the game face and let's go. This is just getting ready and it's a, it's a lot different, but it's fun. And we, and we had a nice camp with them, a nice lot of time, yeah. time with them. Yeah, one of my biggest takeaways was the um, our specialty front ends this year. <sighs> Those are going to be great. Yes, Blake Shear. She does a great job. Yeah, our uh, producer Blake Shear. Sorry to cut you off. No, I was going to say you, you you're going to take some time and explain. Yeah, let's what, explain what that, front what end that is. is. So, uh, you go. <laughs> How do I explain what a front end is? I mean, it's a, I have no place to go with this. It's that I mean, video, right, yeah, really, that you see. Runs like, at the front end. At the front end of, or let's go to a commercial break, say, for example. Yeah. Do up next is Judge, and you see the fancy little Judge video. With that's, him holding a bat and, like, pretending he just hit a ball 500 feet, that kind yeah, of thing? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, that, that's right. That's part of that's it. That's a front end. Okay, that's a front end. So those of you, by the way, we, can't, we cannot bog down our, talk, our, our podcast with this. So here's what we'll do. And if you really want an explanation, I'm going to leave you Kevin's number at the end of the show. Call Kevin <laughs> at, at his private number, and he will take you through what a front end is. Uh, but let's do this. Uh, shout out to Blake Shear. She crushed it. She owned that room. 
I don't care who came in. She always owns the room. She does an amazing, amazing job. We have such great people who work at Yes, and uh, I mean, they don't always get the credit that they deserve. Uh, you know, we. Uh, what did we get to? We got all those Emmy nominations. Oh, yeah. Day. What did we get, 27 Something like that. And with all major categories, it was great. So the Feed got nominated. I saw that. I yeah, saw that. That uh, must have been a slow category. <laughs> <laughs> Set you up. Let's <laughs> go with that. Uh, but uh, nobody kidding. Oh. I mean, it's, it, that's a lot of fun, that show. I enjoy it. And, uh, it's not as a digital property now. It's uh, it's mainstream on Yes. Yeah, mainstream yeah. on Yes. It's, uh, so it's a big time. It made the big time. Yeah. There you go. Uh, one of the other things from Media Day, the Yes University promo shoot, I thought was a lot of fun. You know, uh, John Ziegler's group does they're another group does a nice job, and uh, we've done, that's the night in a man night in a booth promo we did. A couple yeah, years yeah, ago. we started with yoga, yes, then nine person right. booth, then Buzz in the Bronx. Right now it's Yes University. So well, every year we try and do something, and uh, you know, and, and Ziegler, you know, huddles with uh, our CEO John Littner, and they usually come up with the, these crazy things. And but they're fun, you know, and they they get attention, and uh, the players enjoy being part of it. And I know our announcers, our, our talent, really enjoy being part of it. So that hopefully, you, when you watch these spots at home, you laugh and it brings you a smile. Yeah, there's a little behind the scenes on our Twitter and Instagram, so please go there and check it out. I think person who enjoyed it the most was Masahiro Tanaka. He was having a blast. He, he really was. You know, in his broken English, he was great. He was, he was funny. He was very funny. Uh, for me, anyway, last thing on Media Day, uh, usually I'm at the digital media station, um, you know, talking to players, getting questions answered and whatnot. Uh, I wasn't there this year. That was all Matt Stucco and A.J. Herman. They manned it. Uh, AJ, what, A.J., by the way, is our producer today. DeJour, he's our producer DeJour's situation going on. Producer AJ, what kind of stuff did you grab from Media Day for the digital side? Yeah, it was uh, it was awesome. Media Day, as you guys said, it's uh, it's a more one of the more fun days around spring training because you get a chance to sort of talk to everybody for you know a minute here, a couple minutes there. Um, I think the guy that stood out the most to me, uh, who's coming into this season with maybe not his role clearly defined, but uh, Miguel Andujar, he's just one of the most jovial kind of relaxed guys uh you could definitely tell you know kind of maybe a clubhouse joker kind of thing but uh we were joking around with him a lot that's a great it, point yeah no right? is that a great point no that is a really long-winded answer <laughs> no i gotta yeah, make I mean, the most of my opportunity i, here, I you get know? it but I mean, time you, is you money have to edit you have to, you know you gotta be i mean i i mean i'm this is me telling giving me advice on this it's like i'm the worst at it but you know at some point you have to sort of learn how to like condense things and right with soundbite. Feedback received. Well, yeah, I mean, you, we, we live in that world like a – what's atomized would be a good word. How about that word? I don't know what that I, means. I just pulled that right out of my rear end, that word. <laughs> atomized. You have to atomize. But lost in there was a great point by AJ. <laughs> what? He had so many – none of them made sense to me. How jovial and fun Miguel Andujar is. He doesn't have a role on this team. Well, first of all, when I think jovial and fun, Miguel Andujar just jumps right in my head. But <laughs> No, but he's actually a really good guy. Actually, I'm teasing. He's, he's a great guy. And uh, – you know, and he's got to try and fight. You, you got, you've got to get that bat in the lineup. You got to figure that's that's a real challenge getting this bat in the lineup. So they'll, they, the Yankees are smart. They got smart people. They'll figure it out. But uh, that's why they're playing him in different positions, just to see what, what they get uncover. Because it's not realistic to put a kid that young as a DH. Just yeah. Isn't. Well, when you go back to AJ's point, though, when he was walking around camp with that big smile, which I saw, you saw, AJ clearly saw. Is AJ dumb, by the way? Is he? Is he dumb? No, dumb. is he done? <laughs> I'm, I'm atomizing from now on. Uh, good. So. You, I need atomization <laughs> around here. Good. My point is, though, when you juxtapose him to Greg <laughs> – I'm trying to go wow. with the big words. With Greg Bird from last year when he came in, from my standpoint, he was miserable. 
He didn't have a job. He was fighting for a job. Is this Bird? Yeah. So same situation as Andujar, but they handled it completely different. You know, attitude is everything. I think so. It really is. It's a lot of things in life. So, look, you can't. It's hard to get in somebody's head, though. You really don't know what else is up there and what else is going on. What's driving a player or not driving them in some cases. But you know, something clearly is something motivates and sometimes doesn't motivate. You know, and that's why it's difficult to sort of because without being in that situation, you, you don't know what somebody's thinking. We all we can do is assume. That and you know, and you know th- what happens when you assume, right? We always talk about that. So, yeah, what, what? rear end of yeah. <laughs> you and me, right? When you do that, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, I know it's a cliche, and uh, but you know, I speak in cliches, that's who I am. I'm a cliche. <laughs> You're you looking at your watch, you have some place to go, yeah. No, I got a text from Dan Bassone, who's in the Yankees, yeah, clubhouse right now. What does it say? Oh, I don't, it's, a, it's a photo, breaking Let's news. See. What does it say? Don't take photos at a clubhouse. It says, Can I post this photo? It's Stump Merrill and Nick Swisher. Why not, right? Take a look at that. They're in a dugout. I don't know why you would. Well, first of all, they're not a cl- it's a dugout. Yeah, it's boring. Well, a little bit. I mean, yeah. there's nobody there. I mean, it's, it's not a game. It's, they're yeah. just standing in a dugout. All right, I'm going to text them now. This is live on the podcast. No. You can't see. Oh, no other place can you get a story like this. Explain. And then we'll ask, you know, AJ to explain it, and we'll be here for a whole week. <laughs> oh. Don't say anything, AJ. Don't just Sit there and be good. Okay. So, attitude is everything. Yes, it is. Says. You know who had a bad attitude a couple of days ago? No. Me. I walked out. What do you mean a couple of days ago? It's ongoing. <laughs> <laughs> but go ahead. Uh, so, I'm waiting in line to get on my flight. Yeah. Back from Tampa. And there's this uh, mother and young kid. Kid's probably nine. Yeah. Nine. Okay. Uh the mother's like, can you switch seats with me so I could be with my son? Uh-huh. Of course. The answer's always yes, right? The kid is right behind me. I mean destroyed my seat the entire flight. Kicked it? Just, yeah. Screaming? Just, no, but he's nine. He wasn't, he was just uh. like kicking and hitting and laughing at his games or whatever. Wow. I've looked at his mom a couple times like, you going to do anything? Nothing. The whole flight. See, that's what happens when you try to do something nice sometimes. Yeah, I'm never doing anything nice again. Or first class, maybe, next time. There's no first class on those flights. Oh. There's not even a second or third class. It's like it's more like a... a Cargo. Yeah, they, they stick a like, stamp on your head and they put you back. It's, it's crazy. Those are the flights, the direct flights to Florida. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They do a lot of business like that. Fly to Westchester? Yeah, is that where you went, Westchester? I, I did JFK, but Westchester is the win. Yeah, I like that. I, you know, I don't want to talk about JetBlue. I shouldn't be doing that. Cause, but but it's still, we don't have any airlines. It's not an airline sponsor. No, it's not. So let's not go there. What else you got? What else we want to talk about? I like about? Delta. You like Delta? Uh, Delta, yeah. I think Delta's one of our sponsors. Our yeah, we like them then. I like them a lot. No, I like them more. You know who else liked us? I got a review. Yeah, go. From uh, iTunes. Love listening to Ryan and Flip. Who's did you Ryan? Get, did you get a new <laughs> co-host <laughs> while I was gone? Who's Ryan? He must have... See the impression I made? He doesn't even know my name. <laughs> this is from a, a guy named Life Begins in October. Oh, I like that. He's clever, whoever Life Begins in October. Yeah, I'm I just like going to leave it at that. That's the best part. Love listening to Ryan and Flip, and I usually learn something really interesting. And there's more to it. But Ryan, who's this Ryan? I don't know. Ryan, send us another send us another text or review us again and tell us who you are. Review us, yes, rate, subscribe, at Curtain Call Yes on Twitter. Right. Curtain call yes at Gmail. Right. That's our uh, okay. email account. So actually, we expect an email from uh, Mr. October again. I'm going to actually. I like um, that. Ch- you want me to check emails now while we're here? Sure. Uh, Eric Handler emailed me. Oh, no. <laughs> we have work, we have a lot of work to do today. We do, yeah. I should actually run. It's a crazy day. 
You know, I've got to get going too. Yeah. Yeah, I, right. mean, I mean, it's been fun. I've really enjoyed this. Fun. I mean, Cashman. Cash is great. I love Cash. Yeah, so but, what we learned was Cashman's great. Yes. I had, I had a kid kicking my chair. Yes. And Tampa weather was in. And, you know, I really miss Marshall a lot more now. Jason Marshall? Yeah, after, you know, our experience with AJ. I don't know. I like AJ. You do? Yeah. I, I don't like AJ that much. I think he's overrated. <laughs> <laughs> really too. But you know what? If we have to, if we have to staff the show, what are we going to do? You, gotta, you have to find good help. Just I happen is. to think he's good. Uh, he's a nice guy. I mean, uh, you think he's like a lot of talent? Are you listening to this now? It sounds good. Well, we're going to try to play it back. Uh, you know, I've got <laughs> right. I'm doing some one of those, what is that Leo DiCaprio movie? Inception moments. Yeah. Movie. No, I'm listening to it now. Oh, is that what that is? Oh, yeah, I'm listening. I gave up on Leo after the thing in the North Atlantic with Kate Winslet. Uh, Titanic. Titanic? Yeah. I mean, that thing like, in the North Atlantic. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what? You'd think I would have let her on that door. Oh, I mean, honestly. Well, first I, of all. We take turns. Be a gentleman. Put her on the door. But I'm, you know, you're freezing to death. So, like, hey, get off. I mean, you had 20 minutes on that thing. I'm, I'm dying here. Get what you get off five minutes. Let me you know, do my legs, right? Are you telling me that door's not big enough for two? It was big enough. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was it was one of the, the, the most famous. Wasn't one of the famous doors on the Titanic? Yeah, I guess. Like this, yeah. Yeah, the ballroom door wasn't it that? Yeah, that was big. Well, well, I tell you what, it floated. That was more important than being big, <laughs> as it turned out. So you want to land this thing? Yeah. The words Ashley Fugazi. It's time to land the plane. For Mr. John J. Filippelli, I'm Kevin Sullivan. Saying we'll see you next time. Hey.